Hi, I'm John McConnell, President and CEO of Victoria Gold. Victoria is a TSX listed company, um, publicly traded under the symbol VGCX. Um, we're a producer. We have our flagship asset is the Eagle Gold Mine in Canada's Yukon, where we'll produce roughly 170,000 ounces of gold this year. We're looking forward to year after year increases in that, uh, peaking out somewhere above 200,000 ounces per year in the foreseeable future. Our all-in sustaining costs year to date are about 1450. Um, We've been focused on meeting our production targets. Now we're having a hard look at costs and we hope to drive those down a little bit, but uh, I think we're in a new reality of increased costs and you know, the industry average around the world now is probably closer to 1450 uh, than it was uh, four years ago when we were around 1150. Well, John, welcome to London, first of all. It's Thank you. good to see you here. Now, you're doing the rounds, are you? There's, I know there's a conference on, but you're also taking the chance to see a few shareholders, investors. Yeah, I'm seeing a few people here in London. was in Zurich last week. Uh, at the end of this week, I'm in Frankfurt. Yeah. Uh, we have a large number of shareholders in Germany, so it's a great opportunity to give them my annual update. The annual update. And the quarterlies are very much firmly fixed in your mind at the, at the moment, which, which, I, which I want to talk about in a moment. But... I'm kind of interested today. What I would like out of today's session is to understand about building companies aiming towards Project 250. I think last time I spoke to you, um, and you know how you go about doing that in an environment like we're seeing at the moment. One of the numbers that stood out from your introduction was 1450 as a new base for cost or per ounce cost producing gold. Yeah, no, you know, uh, I know shareholders are unhappy to hear that, but, uh, you know, as a result of COVID, we've seen labor costs increase by as much as 30%. Fuel costs are up 30%. Uh, you know, we're at the end of a long road to the north, so fuel affects all of our costs, you know, because of the transportation of stuff to the site, uh, our employees in and out of site. Um, you know, our explosives are ammonia nitrate and fuel oil, so they're directly uh, related to the price of fuel. And the biggest cost of producing cyanide is uh, fuel. So, yeah, we've seen major increases uh, over the last three and a half years. Um, Caterpillar parts, for example, are up 40% year to date. That's just this year alone. Um, so yeah, it's uh, tough uh, this environment. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping price gouging had stopped and we kind of fall back to a kind of baseline, but it, uh, it 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 takes it takes a bit of time, obviously, and, and obviously you know salary costs that takes a long time to kind of fall, fall away. Though. So it's, that I, never falls away. Once you it make goes those up, increases, up. it uh, it's very sticky. You hear that, Tom? Uh, <laughs> we 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 want to I want to talk to you today. Um, really, you look. In fact. Let's stick with costs and you know margin because margin is what it's about. Business is about margin. So go talk about your quarterly numbers, and then I want to kind of get into some of those numbers. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me is we're cash flow positive this quarter. Uh, you know, I think uh, free cash flow was plus eighteen million dollars, and that's with making our ongoing debt payments and 
you know, we made an acquisition during the quarter and we had the opportunity to pay for it in cash or shares of Victoria, mm -hmm. and we chose to pay in cash. So I mm -hmm. think that gives you some sense of the comfort we have with our balance sheet today. Right, okay, because you ended up with sort of net income of about 5.6, 5% net number um, there. But the, So how much was the acquisition in cash? Uh, the first payment was $8.5 Right, okay, chunk. So it kind of, okay, bumps bump the net of effective net a little bit, a little bit higher. But I'm... Um, Margin, margin, margin. All businesses need to make money going forward. So um, you can rely on the gold price, but it's taken its time. It's around 2000, 1975, getting to 2000. Um, that will do a job for you next year. In the meantime, the things that you can control are what? Where are you investing your money? Where are you saving your money? Um, yeah, I mean, the thing we control or I can control is that the mine runs properly. That's first priority, safety, then production. Mm. And if we do that right, um, you know, we'll make money for our shareholders. Right. But we come back to the, the money thing, because it's really, really important that shareholders, current shareholders and new shareholders looking in understand that this company's going to be around to do business. So I see a lot of companies struggling. Certainly, you know, you talk about the developers, even advanced developers, balance sheets blowing up. Uh, cost overruns on um, on studies, etc. It, it's it's tricky out there. As a producer, you're in a position, a lucky position where you're, you're throwing off some cash. There's some free cash flow. In, in your case, there's ways of allocating your capital, or reinvesting your capital effectively. So, what what are you doing on that front? Yeah, our primary focus for cash is to pay down debt. Right. Well, I'm sure. Oh, just over a hundred million. Right. Well, almost hundred and fifty million Canadian. And how long are you taking? Do you envisage taking to pay that down? Yeah, the term facility is the one that we pay quarterly, and uh, if memory serves me right, we have four more payments to make. So the term facility will be fully paid by this time next year. Right. Okay. Then we also have a revolving facility that's drawn, we've drawn about 120 million on, and we'll start to make a big dent in that uh, in H1 of next year. Right, okay. And how do you plan that out? How do you kind of sequence? I want to talk about sequencing of, of oh, operationally, but I, first of all, I want to talk about sequencing of your balance sheet. So you are okay, paying, paying down on the, t on the um, term, and there's the kind of revolving facility there, which is, which is which is good news. And you don't necessarily want to get rid of all of your debt. It's it's, it's not a bad thing to have on the balance sheet. Um, but how are you managing that side of your of your balance sheet? What have you what have you done to kind of fix things? Well, the other thing we've done is a little bit of financial engineering. Right. Um, we've done some hedging for 2024. Right. We've uh, sold some gold forward as well. We've bought some puts on the downside. So we've protected ourselves that if gold price was going to drop to say $1,600. No. At, you know, our current operating costs and that, we'd be able to continue right. to meet our debt okay. payments. So it's so a sensible thing to do. We've protected our shareholders yep. while, you know, we've, you know, lost 20% of the upside. Our shareholders still enjoy 80% of the upside on gold price. Okay, it's, it's okay. It's the right thing to do. It's, it's, I didn't mean to be facetious there, but it's, it's 1,600 gold. A few years ago, that would have been lovely. But right, right now, I think the expectation for next year is that it, it should start moving through the phases. 
the economy doing what it's doing, printing of money, surely this is the time for gold to shine. Do you have a view on that one? Well, you know, I, uh, I have two cocky answers when people ask me my thoughts on gold price. One is I'm a miner, go talk to an economist. <laughs> the other is if I knew what gold price was going to be, you think I'd be working a hundred hours a week, seven days, you know, seven days a week. I'd be on a beach somewhere and uh, telling fortunes. That's right. <laughs> okay. No, but 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 you must. I think when you're speaking to the bankers or you know even any of the kind of um, financiers that you you go on these roadshows with and, and and talk to it when you're on these roadshows, there they must be like pro gold. Are they more excited about gold than they've been for the last three years? Or was it more of the same coming forward? Yeah, you know, certainly it's refreshing to come to Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, not so much in uh, London, but certainly, you know, the Swiss and the Germans are very bullish on they, the price they love of gold. gold. Yeah, they love it. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many times I heard $3,000 gold in, uh, you know, 2024, and it just brings a big grin to my face. Right, yeah, I, I, I bet it does. Um, so back, back to the back to the business. So the balancing, you, you've done a few things to hedge the, the the downside, but leaving enough of the upside. Was that about 20, 20, 80? Is that the kind of ratio? Right. Okay. So that that sounds sensible. Um, operationally, now you you were kind of affected by some of the sequencing from this time last year in terms of the mining. So in terms of the ore that you're processing, lower grade, 0.65 versus the normal 0.89. It it's it says in your news release um what what happened there was that avoidable or was it you know unintended i mean what what happened uh nothing happened you know we mined to plan um and if you look back at our technical report that we put out in early q1 of this year we forecast that we'd have lower grades in q3 mm -hmm. um it's a sequence of you know the mining process and uh you know, the one nice thing about uh, Eagle is it's a very continuous ore body. Sure. The grades average between, you know, 0.65 and 0.85 uh, very consistently. The negative thing about Eagle is we don't have a jewel box we can go to where right. we're having a little bit lower quarter. And yeah. We can Top mine a, a few tons of high grade and, yeah. you know, balance everything out. So, but... Uh, Personally, I prefer having the consistent grade. So this is a kind of systematic approach to the to the to the mining, rather than I say having a jewel uh, a jewelry box or, um, that you can go to. Um, did you see all sources? Is that a thing at this sort of level? No, it's too low, too low grade. No, and you know, I don't necessarily think ore sorting technology is that great yet. So or color coding, isn't it? You know, we uh, you know we use some innovative technologies at Eagle, but uh, we deliberately stuck with tried and true. Right. When you're a single asset company with uh, a mine in the Arctic, you want to make sure- Don't any surprises. Work. Yeah. Right. And okay. Trusting new technology was not, not one of the not things on the list. we wanted to do. Okay. Okay. So, you, so in terms of the kind of operational side of things, what, what are some of the things that you have discovered that you can do better or are doing better as a result of getting on. Because when we talk back in the day, we're talking about, you know, the, the heat leach and the, and the stacking and winter and all, all of those sorts of things that you had to had to get through. So what, what's working for you? Yeah, I mean, you know, our biggest bottleneck has always been the crushing, conveying, and stacking systems. Right. 
Um, through COVID, it was very difficult to make any changes. Right. You know, we couldn't get vendor uh, experts to visit site. Uh, you know, we were faced with doing things over videos and stuff, and it wasn't very effective. Oh. Um, but now we can get people in, and, uh, you know, we've redesigned a number of areas in the process, and that's working. Um, and we, I would say, almost on a weekly basis, we make improvements to the system, whether it's a, a different type of liner or adjusting a shoot angle, those kinds of things. Um, and then in the open pit, uh, you know, you got to make sure the guys are following best practices. You know, it drives me nuts if I'm touring the pit and I see one truck stop and pull over so another truck can go by. That means the roads aren't wide enough. Right. So get the roads wide enough so trucks aren't stopping. They're continuously right. in motion. Uh, similar when there, you know, there isn't a truck uh, being loaded drives me crazy to see the shovel operator teasing around with muck and, yeah. you know, piling up a little here because that burns fuel. Yeah. You know, if uh, you're not loading a truck, shut the shovel down. So just keep, keep moving. Yeah. Just keep so, moving. so it's an efficiency you know, it's, process. Uh, yeah. It's just productivity. We've put in a fleet management system now. Yeah. So we monitor the trucks and the loaders very carefully, the, you know, the, foremen and the shift bosses, they get regular readouts of exactly what's happening in the open pit, hmm. which trucks are less productive than others. So, you know, those kinds of things are just starting to take effect and we'll start to see improvements in operating. Can you, with those efficiencies that you're Im implementing and tweaking, you know, every day, and I'm sure there's a fires you're putting out, you know, most days as well, because that's just mining, right? But if, I, if I'm a shareholder looking in at this, whether I'm a new investor or a current investor, I'm going, okay, I, I, I can look at that quarterly. I can accept that the, the, the current margins as they are because there's a new paradigm. There's new cost base. This company is running as efficiently as, as it can. Are there gains to be had if you scale it up? Or quite frankly, is it optimized and it's just a question of is more volume than efficiency moving forward? Uh, if you if you pr process more, or will you be producing at the same margins, or can there be additional gains through scaling up? No, there's always gains to scaling up, but there are limits, uh, you know. And then it takes capital yeah. to make that scaling up. And you know, uh, you mentioned Project 250 early on. At the end of the day, we decided that Project 250 was just not practical because the way costs capital costs went up. So a project that we thought was going to be 15 to 20 million was all of a sudden, you know, 50 to 60 million. And then you, you look at it and you go, ah, actually there's no benefit to that. Yeah. You know, so uh, we had to pull in our horns and to be quite honest, uh, we were having trouble getting to 200,000. So yeah. it was a matter of, you know, let's learn to walk before we run. Right, and you talk about capital costs that in case there's some younger listeners um, listening to this, we've talked about the increased costs around, you know, from inflation and, and COVID supply issues, supply chain issues, et cetera. But capital costs, the cost of the money you need to borrow, or what would need to borrow, is significantly more than it was three years ago. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, well, so you, gotta, you know, it was... Uh, you know, SOFA is the new term, yeah. uh, which is around 5%. Yeah. 
plus, uh, say, 2.5%. Uh, four years ago, SOFA was less than 1%. So interest rates have gone from 2.5% to 7.5%. Right. It's, it's, yeah, I think most people we can probably think about Anybody that. Anybody that has it, a house mortgage. Mortgage thing, right? Okay, yeah. so I mean, you didn't like 1% was okay, and 7% now you don't like it so much. Imagine that, but times a much bigger number. Okay, so... And in, but if you wanted, not that you do, but is are there homes for good for money for good projects? In terms of you've got a good shareholder base, you've got some good institutional guys and gals in there. Um, in terms of projects like yours, which are producers, they are throwing off money, they are being run efficiently. Is is there new money, journalist money coming in? Are people just sitting on their money, waiting for it to see who survives this, this weathers the storm? I mean, is the money there anymore? Yeah, I think it is. Uh, you know, the successful uh, hedge funds are still successful at raising money, yeah, you know, well, whether it's for university endowments or whatever. But, you know, our partners in the beginning were Ryan Mine Finance. Uh, you know, they did very well on Victoria and the development of Eagle and Whenever I see uh, the uh, executives there, you know, they say, hey, find us another project. We've got a check for $250 million for you. You know, so, yeah, they want to support good projects and good people. Okay. And uh, so I think the money's there. Uh, everybody, there's just not good projects out there right now. So certainly not, not a lot of new production coming through, but um, and so and talk to me what you're going to do for your company. So again, for for shareholders, for new potential shareholders, it's been a tough ride for you guys. Well, and precious metals more broadly, last two and a half years. Okay, no question about that. But people are looking to you as the CEO to say, right, we've got a plan. We continue to produce the answers. We will produce them more efficiently. If we do, I don't know X, Y, Z you should be valuing us differently from where you are now. You're just a $40 million company now. We're, there's that billion dollar company if you, a, a while back. So ha, nothing's changed, it seems, except the market. So how do we value you? Well, I think, you know, we are in the penalty box. Uh, let's face it, we missed guidance three years in a row. Um, you know, we've made our own guidance three quarters in a row, but I think the market's waiting for us to you know, demonstrate to us that uh, the mine really is running well and yeah. you're paying down debt and, uh, you know, we'll get rewarded and we'll see a re-rating in our share price. Right. And what does that convert into? Because you're, what you're targeting, what you said, 160 into this year, top end, yeah. in terms of the range? Uh, well, our guidance is 160 to 180. 160 to 180. We'll, be, we'll okay. be just below the midpoint of that. Okay, okay, so that's not too bad, um, but it's a decent-sized company, right? Are you gonna, what, what, are, what, are, what are the other things that you gotta show? What should, what should I be looking at to be able to judge you and say, look, they miss, okay, they missed guidance for the last three years, but the market's been tough for the last three years, and costs have been significantly increased the last three years, and lots of, lots of equipment and people have been hard to come by. Yeah, all the kind of excuses that all companies can, can throw on the table, but what do you wanna be judged on? What's important? Um, I think our production record at uh, Eagle's the most important thing to be judged on. Right. Um, you know, I can't really do anything about the price of gold. Right. I wish I could, uh, but uh, 
you know, I can make sure we produce gold for the lowest possible cost per ounce. Right. And that's, that's our right. aim. Right. So judging on the production, do you mean ounces or the fact that you can actually produce? When you say it, what do you mean? Yeah, I think that we can produce gold and meet guidance okay. efficiently. Okay. So this here, guidance, we're going to hit it. I like it. Yeah. Good man, John. Good man. You're one of the few um, guys actually out there producing gold at the moment. So uh, <laughs> not too bad, really. Not too bad. <laughs> well, I, you know, I go to a lot of these conferences like uh, the Zurich show and... Uh, we were the only producer there, and uh, you know, I feel uh, very sorry for a lot of these juniors that are on their last uh, half million bucks and have no opportunity to raise money right now. I, I think so. I think just in terms of market, you know, the the explorers have got one in three thousand chance of finding an economic discovery. You've got a lot of value. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of value destroyed by by those companies in a good market or bad. But in a market like this, um, I feel sorry for you know retail. They've kind of bet and, and in whatever size they've bet on the on these companies because it's going to be hard, hard for these guys to get through this without capital. I see a lot, of, a lot of M and A, and I see a lot of these well, projects going back in the back yeah, of the drawer. You'd think you know, there should be a lot of M and A. Yeah, but we haven't seen it in the junior space, yeah. and you know I fear that a lot of the juniors don't have enough money now. To do any M and A, yeah, you know, there's a cost to it, the legal, regulatory, yeah. And if you're down to your last hundred thousand dollars in the treasury, you can't merge with another company. Okay, you be honest with me here. You, you see, like I, I, I'm quite candid with my guys. I say, like, you know, seventy percent of the stuff we see is utter rubbish. We'll never produce a damn thing ever. There's like, these assets fundamentally go around the ringer, and they kind of get pulled out each, each cycle. <laughs> say, right, this time. This time it'll work. Do you do you think? I mean, do you think the same when you look around? You're a producer now. You can look back and go, "I've been there." So I know we're going through. But do you look at some of these explorers and just go, "I I, I do not know how you got this far." Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, you know, I wish they had closed their offices and moved into their garages six months ago and you know saved some money because things will come around. It's a cyclical oh. business and. Markets are cyclical, but I think uh, a lot of juniors have put themselves in such bad space that they'll never recover. It's not their money, right? Well, not their money. John Casino, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.